0: Let's talk about the power of the cross. You are listening to the Consider Podcast, where the host cannot even brainwash himself. Since I preach what I cannot understand, write about that which I did not learn, attempt to obey the unattainable, as I pick up a cross that I do not want, to follow hard after a Jesus I cannot catch, it is impossible for me to brainwash myself. To have others brainwashed into living such an impossible Christian life? Paul the Apostle put it better in his letter to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, Paul wrote, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. www.consider.info the Consider Podcast, examining today's events and tomorrow's realities. We're still trying to lay an expert foundation uh, so that we can get into some deeper real-life issues ahead. So today we're going to talk about, a little bit anyway, the power of the message of the cross and a word that's kind of a word that nobody should speak anymore. It's called discipline. and We'll get to that in a little bit. How's it going today, Jacob? It's going good. Well, let's look at Acts chapter five, Acts chapter five, verse Mm thirty-two, because we've got to get this down deep in our hearts. That you have almost everybody who claims to be a Christian that they're filled with the Holy Spirit, or God is in their life, or the Holy Spirit is directing and inspiring and uh, giving them insight and knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no message of the cross there. That's why we run into a lot of problems because everybody thinks that whatever their opinion is is somehow from god and so they become very self-righteous and puffed up and puffed up in that mm-hmm. in acts 532 it says we are witnesses of these things and so is the holy spirit uh, and here's the key whom god has given to those who obey him mm-hmm. all these people that are running around saying that god is with them and that the holy spirit is inspiring them. And you don't see an overwhelming life of obedience to the message of the cross, the full gospel, they're lying and they're living a lie and they're being given whitewash um, as a means to cover their sins. That's why we see so many churches failing publicly, you know, the horrendous adultery, sexual immorality, the greed, all that goes on and on and on because they think they have the Holy Spirit, but it's without any obedience. So... God only gives the Holy Spirit to those that are willing and surrendered all to be obedient in everything, otherwise you're on your own mm-hmm. Paul will write in Philippians chapter verse two chapter two, verse twelve. He goes, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed you see here's a real there's been a real division within the church that somehow we can believe without obedience, and even the talk of obedience is pretty much shallowly focused upon a particular doctrine or certain ideas that people want to accept it's not the message of the cross that overwhelms somebody and crucifies them but paul says as you have always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more in my absence now jake i'm going to ask you a question here in a moment okay and paul will say continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling Mm -hmm. how much fear and trembling have you seen and other people that claim to be Christians or other churches that you've visited how often have you actually seen fear and trembling in people's lives
1: uh uh there's none there's absolutely none i mean and i you know, we've talked a lot about, of course, there's the whole, you know, and, and even in the last podcast, right? The whole like, oh, people just sort of believe, right? Well, you know, Jesus, you know, we were sent out to make disciples. We should be disciples. And so people stop. I mean, you know, some people will be like, oh, I, I, I obeyed, you know, John 3, 16. It's like, okay, that's great. But then, well, what else are you obeying? And because people literally just, oh, Jesus is real. I accept him in my heart. And then that's it. Because see, if you're if you're saved and you're good and it's no problem, there is no fear at all. I'm in agreement with you.
0: And and think about this for just a moment. This is just one scripture yeah. about obedience. And we can't find it anywhere.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Continue Mm -hmm. to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and it can't be located. Yeah. I don't see it on their faces. I don't see it in worship. Mm -hmm. I don't even see it being talked about. If anything, all the pastors are telling them, you're saved. You're fine. You're fine. You're going to heaven. Everything's all right. You won't
1: be here for the rapture.
0: That too. I mean, the whitewash buckets that are out there are varied, but they're all the same thing. It's just whitewash. Yeah. So... I kind of like the way Paul says, you know, I commend you because you always obey whether I'm there or not. There,
1: there was a running joke that. Can we go to that real quick on the screen? Oh, sure. What is it? Philippians.
0: Yeah, that would be Philippians. And then remind me, we'll come back to um, this because it's important. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. Okay. All right, so I'll read it one more again. We're in no rush. Yeah. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, now, here, this is kind of the funny part, meaning that when I first started preaching uh, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I'd go visit a house, everybody'd clean up their house yeah. and their behavior, and there'd kind of be this running joke that when I left, things kind of went back to normal. Uh-huh. So this is actually a pretty big deal yes. that he's complimenting this church, that uh-huh. whether he is a pastor is there or not, they continue to work out their salvation with fear and trembling Mm -hmm. there's kind of two angles to this number one you don't see the fear and trembling Mm -hmm. but then most people go what do you mean work out your salvation Mm -hmm. i was saved in jesus christ Mm -hmm. we don't have time to get into it today Mm -hmm. but scripture says we were saved we are saved and we will be saved or are Mm -hmm. being saved so it's a process even though we might count it as done That just means we see the goal before us, we'll win the race if we remain faithful. But in order to finish this race, in order to be faithful, I have to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. I don't have time to discuss today exactly how that would look, but anybody that's willing to actually become a disciple of Jesus will have a great deal of fear and trembling within them as they are crucified with Christ. But it's nowhere to be seen. And this is just one aspect of mm-hmm. the message of the cross. And so everybody wants to debate everything. Well, what don't I obey? Well, mm-hmm. you're not afraid. Mm-hmm. Now, back at five, Acts chapter 5, verse 32, Peter is talking to a group of Pharisees, Sadducees, leaders, and he, the minute he mentions that you have to obey God, that's when they get mad. Let me read that. Acts 5.32 again. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Then in Acts 5.33, when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. You can talk about the Holy Spirit. You can talk about gifts. You can talk about Jesus Christ. You can talk about the fact that he died for our sins, but until you actually say obey him you're not going to get much persecution you might get debate and arguments i mean pharisees and sadducees argue back and forth people mm-hmm. debate all the time sure and it keeps you from having to actually do anything correct the minute you actually go no you have to obey mm-hmm. then really <laughs> for no other term you know the fur flies the flags go up and the arguments. usually they just try to find something wrong with me and somehow that would justify them not having to obey what we're
1: talking about. Correct, you just start pointing fingers to then justify, you know, well, you, well, I, or they'll turn around and, well, you don't obey this, or what about this? And like, well, we'll just, right now, we're just talking about overall obedience that everyone should be obeying.
0: That is correct. Jacob, we'll go ahead and play the intro video about who we are and what we're up to.
2: Welcome to the Consider Podcast, where we turn our minds to consider wisdom, Madness, and Folly. Join the host Timothy and Jacob on a quest to have God enlighten the mind according to verse 25 of Ecclesiastes chapter 7. So I turned my mind to understand, to investigate, and to search out wisdom and the scheme of things, and to understand the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. Ecclesiastes 7.25 The Consider Podcast examining today's events and tomorrow's realities at www.consider.info
0: In 1 Corinthians one eighteen, says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to those who are being saved now, it doesn't say were saved or You know, uh, we're saved when the foundation of the world began. And that's a true statement. Jesus was crucified from the foundation of the world. But it says our being saved. It is a process. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to remain faithful. We have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But for us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And at this moment, you know, it's not me that I'm preaching, but I'm here to testify to the fact that this is true. Mm -hmm. Uh, You and I have known each other for a long time. And you've seen me ups and downs and in between, and it is a powerful, powerful message of the cross. It crucifies pride. It deals with impurity. It divides bone from marrow. It is crushing. It is life taking. Now, don't get me wrong. There, there is a joy, but only a joy as the Holy Spirit gives it. There are days when God is pressing down, uh, seeking to wash my robe, pointing out sin, bringing conviction, or just working weakness in terms of preaching the gospel to other people don't have time to get into all today. But when you're being crucified with Christ, you're in a very weak position and you only get weaker over time. Mm -hmm. And that's why God says his power is made perfect in weakness. This simple Simon, you know, mock me back, ask Jesus into my heart. Nonsense is not the message of the cross, nor is there's churches. that will take some slivers of say water baptism or this over here and, or speaking in tongues or whatever. They all have their, aspects that they will accept, but that's not the message of the cross. I'm talking about something that it took years and decades for God to come along and crucify in order to produce enough righteousness and holiness in my life Um, that there were days, very sad, depressing days as he just pressed down. I, I don't know how else to communicate it at the moment, except to tell you it is very life giving that if we expect to be resurrected with Christ, if we expect to share in and enjoy a portion of the resurrected life in christ we have to also be crucified with christ the both the two go hand in hand
1: yeah i mean i think everyone you know even even every every church everyone will agree like like oh we should be like christ right we should live as he lives right yeah but and yeah no one's talking about jesus in the desert, right? No one's talking about he's going without food. No no one talks about the real sufferings. They just focus on really the highlights, you know what I mean? The ups. And and if you really follow Christ's life, it was a tough one it was not hard or it was not easy i mean it was not easy
0: his joke is easy yes uh, but it's still a yoke yes um and most people think that's kind of a joke that you just come along you wear your little pin you do your thing and somehow you're just fine with jesus christ and in first john chapter two verse six it says whoever claims to live in him and so when i meet somebody and they they claim that they must walk as jesus did Mm -hmm. well how did jesus walk Well, when he was baptized, that's where it all began. The Holy Spirit immediately sent him out into the desert to be tempted. Mm -hmm. So when you become a Christian, you're baptized. And by the way, that's when you become a disciple. Mm -hmm. That's when you are saved. That's when the process begins. Mm -hmm. What was it the Holy Spirit did? It led Jesus immediately out into the desert to be tempted. Mm -hmm. God's going to come along. You're going to give yourself to him. He's going to wash away your sins, and then he's going to begin to deal with those sins. And the first thing that's going to happen is Holy Spirit's going to lead you directly to look at your sin, yourself, who you are, one-on-one, and begin to deal with those sins in the desert. Mm-hmm. He's going to begin to cleanse and to purify. That's just the starting point. That's why Jesus says, if you don't give up everything, you can't even begin to follow me. Yeah, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and play the um, the rap Consider.
1: Okay.
3: Righteous, I might slip, cause in the past madness had me wrapped in a vice grip. An everlasting battle, coming out the shadow, in a world where we treated like certified cattle. Some of us even branded scars of trauma, life was harsh by far, and marred with drama. But God is the healer of all, as it given its law, so it should be your mission to uplift and withdraw from wickedness. It's like the fall of your man, when falling was my folly, I hardly could stand. Let alone stand myself, the mirror was misery. Learned I gotta live for God more than I live for me. Pride is the devil, and I'm on another level. No weapon form shall make me conform to a shovel. Digging my own grave. Now I know how to behave. Certainly times changed, I'm no longer a slave. Consider, 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 consider. Consider. Consider, 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 consider. Consider, consider, Look, you know the good and the bad gotta coexist, but when it comes to the latter, I can never wish that on anybody or use a tight fist We all made in the same image and the likeness So when I see you, I see me and act accordingly Always give love and respect It ain't more than free, it don't cost a thing Peace of mind I bring Treat it as a mission Though I could do a lot of things That would benefit me and only myself But a relationship with God is the only real wealth If the next person suffers from an action of mine Then I have to repent or I get left behind I can no longer afford that True soldiers of God, you can catch us right where the war at. It's right outside, filling it in my enzyme. Sometimes I feel like we living in the end time. consider. Consider, 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 consider. 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 consider.
0: We're considering first Corinthians one 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Again, this simple Simon mock back, ask Jesus into your heart or sign in your little Bible cover. You know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior is not going to cut it. it is not the full message. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, the message of the cross is serious soul-searching, life-changing, powerful message that can really do the work. Uh, you see churches crumbling in sin all around us, and everybody gets all disgusted, and then they run out to justify themselves and write books. I mean, it, I mean Washington State, that's where we're at. The congregations here are known for grumbling uh, congregations that whenever the pastors begin to try and preach something, they start whining, get bitter roots, and will actually drive them from their church and run to all kinds of other sources in order to slander those individuals so they can't hear the gospel. And they're going to be judged for that kind of whatever, just selfishness of wanting to follow Jesus for the loaves that they can get and gain from him. Mm -hmm. We need to stop hiding behind message boards, comment boxes. Um, We really think that we're following Jesus Christ when we spend our time voicing our thoughts about Jesus or claiming some promise that we want. By the way, Abraham didn't go around claiming promises. God told him a promise and he walked in that. In the same way, each disciples are following Jesus are gonna to be told the promises they can claim or not claim. Mm-hmm. I could go pick and choose, well, I guess whatever ones my flesh wants, but God isn't gonna honor that. He's going to only honor the ones that he tells me belong to me as I follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm repeating it over and over again, but this has the power to keep a church clean. Think of Ananias and Sapphira. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be part of the spiritual crowd. Uh, so they came before Peter and said, you know, look, we gave all our money to the poor. Um, and we did that and he was able to see their hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit and God killed them. They dropped dead. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of power that we're talking about in a church that is available for God to actually be holy. It's just you can't find, I don't know, I haven't found a congregation willing for that kind of power to search the hearts of the congregation. Everybody's too happy the fact that they're saved,
1: quote unquote. Yeah. And I think, I know you you were saying, you know, like I, you know, kind of repeating myself, right? But I think in today's society, it's sort of a hard pill to swallow right because a lot of people maybe who are even listening to this and they're like and they're looking you know they're like well but my whole church right is living this certain way so i must be okay and we've even had discussions before where you're like well a lot of people are wrong you know like there's a lot of people that are just wrong But
0: Jesus promised that would happen. Mm -hmm. I tell you, the main problem is with the pastors Uh um, and elders, deacons, those in charge, because it's natural for a congregation to whine or complain. That's why Paul was excited that they were working out their salvation with fear and trembling. It's just too easy for a church to fall into bitter roots, and then everybody gets defiled, and before you know it, the pastor's fired. I remember... Well, every single Sunday that I preached, I approached it from, this is my last sermon. I'm going to tell people exactly what they need to hear in the way that it needs to be told that God has commanded. And it doesn't matter if I get fired or ran out of town. Mm-hmm. And of course, I have been fired and I have been ran out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to compromise the message of the cross and living a life of love just to suit uh, to have a happy congregation and to be guaranteed an income Mm -hmm. and all the little Mm -hmm. perks that come with it. So there's a lot that would have to change within a congregation to accept the godly pastor. Um, and that's not what they want. And technically when these pastors are hired, it's the congregation that chooses. They're not really asking God who should be hired. Um, otherwise the church would be not only clean and holy, Um, But kept that way, Mm -hmm. and people would be hearing the full gospel message rather than the parts about just come and be happy and be blessed. Mm -hmm. In fact, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and play the Bad Congregation video.
2: God will judge a bad congregation with holy leadership. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? Whose bodies fell in the desert? Hebrews three sixteen seventeen
0: So how do we know whether a congregation really has received the presence of God? In first Thessalonians chapter one, starting really in verse four. He says, for we know brothers loved by God. You know, those aren't just words that are thrown. I mean, I know you can go down to the local Bible bookstore and buy those words, put them on your refrigerator. And if I wanted to be accepted, go around telling every congregation that they're loved by God. I'd be invited. Um, I'm always kind of, you know, impressed because in the sense of I'll I'll tell somebody by the spirit. That they've got sin in their life. Oh, well, you're nowhere in God. You don't know what you're talking about. You're out of context. I oh, mean, yeah,
1: out of context. That's a big one. That's the easiest one. It is. Oh, I hate to get worked up about that one, but. <laughs> no, go for it. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about it, but that's like the easiest scapegoat out, right, is, is well, the argument is always like, well, oh, no, you look, like you're just picking You know, this one scripture, right? This one scripture like, well, but that's what you do when you quote John 316 or you pick. And so then everyone's just justifying. Yeah, I don't know. I I get worked up about that one because it's so it would seem blatantly obvious. Okay, are we going to look at the full message, the full Bible, everything in it? or are we going to be picky and choosy?
0: Well, you know, I'd be happy if they looked at half. Sure. <laughs> I mean, just think of the, the discussions we've had with people. We have one, well, we had several there that have come in the last month or so, but somebody, they see the zeal. They, they want me to be a part of their church. Mm-hmm. They, they want me to get things going, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so they said, well, why don't you come? Why, why don't you? Get? And so yeah. I'll immediately start with something in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one person say, you're a holy man. Why, did, why don't you come to our church mm-hmm. and, you know, really get things going? And I go, well, you answered your own question. Mm-hmm. If it is true that I am holy and walking with God, and I don't mean that in some like I'm a special guru, holy. No, but I they'll just, call
1: you preacher. A lot of times, oh, preacher, well, you know, or yeah, well, why? You, know, you live brother, a holy brother life. Brother in Christ. Yeah. Well,
0: you should be, Yeah. They can tell that there's something deeper than what they Correct. have, and they want me to have it. So then I'll go, okay. So then what about this? Mm-hmm. And the minute I would say and deal with that, they'd go, uh, "I'll get back to you on it." Yeah, and so they, they get leave. quiet, right? And then they go out and they try to find all the slander they can on me, which is not hard to do, or they make up their own. Mm-hmm. So you can't even discuss the scriptures or go there because there's just the hostility in the house of God toward the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to sit down and at least look at what scripture is saying and go from there Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time it's just words Uh, let's look at first first thessalonians 1 4 for we know brothers loved by god that he has chosen you well how do we know that because our gospel came to you not simply with words most of the time since it's not the message of the cross it's just simply words mm-hmm. it's just Jesus this God that uh, I mean at one point I begin to think well the only thing in the Bible is David slaying Goliath and a few other favorite ones everybody likes to tell mm-hmm. but he says our gospel did not come to you simply with words but also with power mm-hmm. and that's the message of the cross the message of the cross has the power to convict of sin it has the power to cleanse people's sin it has the power to reveal hidden sins Mm -hmm. it has the power to strengthen people so they can live a holy life today it has the power to work the love within a congregation or among some disciples that really want to follow jesus christ by giving up everything there is power that comes with that now who's to blame here because God's word goes out, people preach it all the time, and they say, well, there's power in God's word, and so mm-hmm. they preach it thinking, okay, that's just it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just quoting ink on paper, because God is not honoring your life. He's not honoring what you're saying. Mm-hmm. you still got sin there. You won't mm-hmm. surrender everything, so God doesn't bring the power. Mm-hmm. So we read on in 1 Thessalonians 1 5, came not just with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction where again is the deep conviction? We talked about the fear and trembling, Mm -hmm. but we don't even see that, Mm -hmm. let alone to talk about deep conviction. People go to, camp revival meetings, they get convicted, they quote unquote, come to God. And that's just about the extent of it. They, they would be insulted if I said, okay, now it really starts. Now we really got to dig. Now you're really listening. Let's talk about this obedience and let's talk about this impurity over here. And let's let God guide us and deal with these sins over here. And everybody gets hostile because they're already saved. And there's enough whitewash pastors out there willing to tell them, oh, you're fine and everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, And we're not even up to hungering and thirsting for righteousness Mm -hmm. there. I know there are people out there really hungering and thirsting for righteousness, but they're far and few between. Mm -hmm. So where's the deep, deep seated conviction that is God doing it by his power to reveal sin? Mm -hmm. reason why you find these churches exploding in sin or adultery being committed in in churches by so many pastors or the greed or the rampant impurity is because there's no conviction let alone deep Mm -hmm. um you want god dealing with things before they ever come to the surface you want him dealing with things that are deep inside Mm -hmm. um but you got to look for the small things Uh, and people don't want to look at all they just want to the white wars, and then they whine and grumble and complain if God comes along and things get a little bit too hard and a little bit a little bit too difficult. Mm-hmm. In fact, as you read on here in First Thessalonians 1, 5, he goes, it came with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. I may be a lot of things that people think I am, but I'm not a hypocrite.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I can attest to that. I can attest to that 100%. If there's hypocrisy there, I deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never, I have never, even in our conversations, anything that we discuss, right, biblical views, you know what I mean, every conversation, I have never once seen you be a hypocrite. I just haven't, I, ha- I mean, you, you have always strived to live to everything that we talk about, the full message, deep conviction, uh, the sufferings, the ups and downs yes everyone has sin uh but even even in the message that you're talking about right now of of even repenting of you know sins and lives i've always seen you i've always seen that repentance and i think that's one of the things because everyone agrees oh you have sin i have sin and then they leave it at that right because there is no power to overcome sin i've seen you overcome sin
0: and you bring up a good point you may not have seen it but i have seen it and I allow and surrender to God to come to me before it's so big, everybody can see it. Uh-huh. Um, he comes to me, if I'm angry with somebody or irritated, Jesus says, you committed murder. Uh-huh. That's the deep conviction. Uh-huh. I've become irritated, I've become frustrated, uh-huh. I'm not going to spell that out here on radio to put a pearls before pigs, but Correct. I deal with all those things. The reason it doesn't look monstrous is mm-hmm. because I deal with it inside long before it would ever grow to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's so pathetic when people find out winely getting caught in something, they confess it, eh, okay, and everybody forgives. The time to deal with stuff is when it's in the heart, when the Holy Spirit is coming with deep conviction and, and just allowing them to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, again, um, well, what can I say? I get a loss. That's the time to actually deal with stuff.
1: Um, well, and I don't want to just like throw pearls before pigs, but I will. I can even attest for the people who still may think that like they don't believe you, right? Like we have had conversations and then you'll call me sometimes hours the next day whatever and you'll just be like hey i just want to, you know you're 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 just making sure right i can you can i can hear the conviction and you're making sure that you you didn't sin or didn't cross a line or didn't you know what i mean correct and i'm just attesting to that that it is real for those who i know in the past of you know oh you're you know you're just think you have it all put together whatever no i personally have gotten phone calls from you being like hey i wanted to make sure that I didn't cross this line or go into sin or, you know, I didn't, ma- making sure like, i oh, just making sure in that conversation that you took it the right way, right?
0: Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I go further and say, no, it was sin or correct. I did cross this line. you have.
1: You've called up and said, hey, I just want to make sure I didn't mean it that way. It was too far. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah, you bring up a lot. Uh, James says no one can tame the tongue. Well, uh-huh. if there's any time that... I've been convicted about many things. It's the use of the tongue because who can tame it? Yeah. I can't tame my tongue. Uh, you can't tame yours. The only way that a tongue can be tamed is if we allow the Holy Spirit to come in, convict us of sin, of how unholy that is. I'll get sidetracked here. Mm-hmm. Um that's the only way. Otherwise it just gets to the point then that it becomes obvious to everybody at that point, And then the confession actually becomes very questionable. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, it's kind of like the criminal comes in, he's finally convicted. And he goes, yeah, I'm really sorry if I caused any pain and I, I really regret it. But up until the time he was declaring himself to be not guilty. Yes. Um, I remember we just went through an ordeal where Uh, The law came in, did their stuff on somebody, massive injustice, Mm -hmm. and I knew we were dealing with liars. Mm -hmm. Uh, They came in and they said, oh, this person, it wasn't me, somebody that was arrested has two passports. Mm -hmm. It was a lie, a Mm -hmm. complete lie. He didn't have two passports. He had one passport. The other passport was voided out, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you know, but when they void out a passport, they punch it full of all kinds of special holes, Mm -hmm. a blind um, custom agent could run his hands over it and know sure that's not a passport, no, yeah. but that didn't make that clear. So I knew we were dealing with liars and everything else would be tainted and would, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lied all the way through. Uh, they lied about good. They lied about the, the holiness of God in order to gain their conviction. And we may get into this more later. I don't know. Um, the sad part is they claim to be Christians and yeah. even go so far to say they're on a holy mission. Yeah.
1: But I just, I didn't mean to get all super sidetracked, but I just wanted to make the point, you know, when we're talking about obedience, we're talking about deep conviction, we're talking about not being a hypocrite. I've seen that in your life, right? That, that there is the conviction. Oh, I have sinned or, you know, or I want to make sure. And then you have called me. There's the obedience to repent and say I was wrong. I need to, you know. The tongue needs to be tamed. I just wanted to make that clear that this is what we're talking about is not just ink on paper and it's not just talk. And then we we're going to stop recording and go away. This is being lived. This is what should be happening for everybody's life.
0: Amen. We read on in first Thessalonians, um, verse six, and this is the reason why people don't want the message of the cross because it involves suffering. He says in 1 Thessalonians one six. this is right after he said, God came to you with power. He came with deep conviction. He says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you walk in the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Right there is, in one sentence, is the message of the cross. Now, so, so let me back up. You became imitators of us. Can you imagine? We just kind of talked about my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, oh, he's a cult leader mm-hmm. and he's brainwashing people mm-hmm. and he's, you know, pulling people into this group. By the way, I'm not starting a church. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in starting a church. You can't even join a club. I'm not taking donations. You want this message, live it. You don't. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. But he says, you became imitators of us. Can you imagine if I announced like everybody become an imitator of me? Mm hmm. Oh, I would be ridiculed. Well, yes. I have been ridiculed, yeah. run out of town and all that stuff. It's like we want bad leadership. Uh-huh. We don't want leadership that can stand up and say, hey, live this. Yeah, uh, I set the example because we think – we judge them by our own wicked hearts. We, we think, well, he can't be humble. Uh-huh. Well, you've never experienced the message of the cross. Uh-huh. If you think all of this – boldness is a result of me just being arrogant, then you know not the message of the cross. This comes from weakness, it comes from fear and trembling, it comes from being broken, it does not come from being puffed up and built up and thinking I'm something when I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. So you became imitators of us. You want godly leadership? I don't know too many churches actually do. They'll flatter their leadership saying, oh, they're godly, but really wanting it, you know what? If that's true, then leave me a message I I'd love the fellowship. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I'd love yeah. to
0: be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we press on, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Of course it's all the Lord. Of course it's following Jesus Christ. But until we want godly leadership and recognize that God has the power to make people holy, mm-hmm. we're going to have, hear these false accusations of cult leaders and, you know, brainwashing people. I mean, that for well, i'll get sidetracked but brainwashing is just total nonsense it's for people that have lost an argument yeah Do you know what it would take to brainwash somebody i mean you, to, to literally in fact as far as i know it hasn't happened and they've tried the cia's tried china tries everybody tries to brainwash it's not very successful let's no. put it that way yeah all right so uh in spite of severe suffering not just suffering severe suffering mm-hmm. opposition if you decide to lay hold of the message of the cross that has become a disciple of Jesus you will I, it's guaranteed you will face suffering if nothing else you're going to have to suffer against the sins in your own life mm-hmm. you're going to be suffering in the pain as you're being crucified with Christ mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention the opposition. Uh, well, just imagine walking around saying, yeah, I'm going to hate my life for Jesus. We kind of talked about this last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, most congregations, well, you're going to either be ran out, run down, or any number of things. You'll be shouted out, that's for sure, mm-hmm. uh, unless you've got a church that genuinely, genuinely wants revival. Yeah. Um, it says you welcome the message with the joy, and, and this is a key point, given by the Holy Spirit. It's sad, really, at this point, because when I watch people get joy, it's based upon the worship service, which is nothing but entertainment. It's based on the trinkets they can get from joining a Christian club. Um, it's, you know, the coffee mug with you can do all things through Christ. And so everybody thinks that everything they do is being done through Christ. And mm-hmm. so they got their nice little plaques. It's, it's just going to crumble down. It's a whitewash wall that will not last mm-hmm because the message of the cross, if you accept it, will come with suffering, period. Mm -hmm. There is no exception. Mm -hmm. So where are we at now? Now we're up to the word that nobody likes, Mm -hmm. that the governing officials have decided is an illegal word. You can't even practice it anymore. And that word is discipline. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, and I'll bring that up. And we'll start in verse 10. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. Okay, you know, I raised some children, and you look back and you go, I was only doing what I thought was best, which is very weak. And I was being changed by God. So by the time I even got, I'm just now, in other words, I'm just now qualified to be a parent. Mm -hmm. Even that would be a lot of guesswork. So there's a great deal of humility that comes from just looking back and examining, "Ah, I could have done that better, or I could have been more holy. As I've said before, I just couldn't change fast enough as far as I was concerned. Anyway, we discipline in our ignorance, But it says, but God disciplines us for our good. Well, okay. There's the word. Nobody likes discipline. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we know that Satan controls the governments all around the world? Uh, Satan wasn't bluffing when he brought Jesus and said, Hey, I'll give you all this. If you'll just bow down and worship me, Uh, all these governments will be yours. It belongs to Satan. Satan. Be that Republican, Democrat, in between, or middle, the governing forces right now are controlled and influenced by Satan. Now, somebody's going to say, Well, I know somebody's a Christian who, you know, is in government and does that, and they're doing the best they can. Maybe so, maybe not. That's not the point. Uh, if they're living the message of the cross, great, they are. If not, then they're just part of the delusion. So he controls the governing forces. So, why do you think it is? that you're no longer allowed to discipline your children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why do you think it is everybody's so offended at everything? Because Satan wants nobody to be disciplined by God. Because if you're disciplined by God, you will share in his holiness. Mm-hmm. So you can't even talk about discipline without people going, well, what do you mean by discipline? Well, discipline is not beatings. And and the minute any type of pressure is put on somebody, it's just talk to them or give them a quiet time. I, I saw it. I mean, like I said, I've been preaching for 40 years. I've watched the slow decline. There was a period when, especially kids in public school, didn't want to be touched. Don't come near me. Well, we're not made that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're made to comfort one another, to be in each other's lives, and that's become dirty in and of itself. So, And then parents have lost the ability. They don't even have the skills to discipline in a decent way. All right, long without getting into a two-hour sermon here about that. The point is that if you're going to follow God, if you're going to be baptized, be a disciple of Jesus, you are going to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And Hebrews twelve eleven tells us what? No discipline seems pleasant at the time. None. Mm-hmm. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Yeah. What we see within the world is, even in our military, is to get out of all this discipline. Uh, it, it's really nonsense, even basic training anymore. I guess there's cards you can hold up and say, okay, this has gone too far. I don't want to go any further. Um, and we see the decay in society because nobody can discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the perversion you see going on in public school and that's happening now is a direct result of 30 years ago the small concepts of don't discipline your children Uh, have now translated into full-blown unrestrained uh, emotional meltdowns you can't even uh, they can't even identify sexually who they are they can't even face the facts of life they're what people call snowflakes and i don't know what all the other terms are Mm -hmm. it's all because nobody was disciplined Mm -hmm. Uh, look I can sit here all day long and say, "Yeah, you know, I'd like to be able to do 300 push-ups." Mm-hmm. Well, until I get down and do two push-ups, yeah. and go through the painful process, I'll never be able to do it. But I can talk about it all day long. Yeah. Um, now, of course, today it's so bad. People go, "No, no, you shouldn't have to do 300 push-ups. You shouldn't have to do three
1: push-ups. Mm-hmm.
0: You should be able to just sit and watch, or well, I don't know what Facebook. What is it you're supposed to do? Sit around to be a vegetable?
1: Yeah, vegetables.
0: All right." So no discipline seems pleasant at the time. And okay, now we're back to that obedience thing. Can you, You're you talking again with somebody who claims to be a Christian, and you turn to them and you go, so how's God disciplining you today? Mm-hmm. Or can you name me five things God has disciplined you in in the last six months? Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing here again, but I think people are just going to look at me and kind of blink or they're going to get desperate and go, well, you know, I had COVID um, or, you know, I had a cold or, you know, we had an accident. I, if they could even get the concept. Am I correct on that? Yeah.
1: No, I think you're correct.
0: All right. Not only does it not seem pleasant, which is a mild way of putting it, but painful. Mm-hmm. Let me read the sentence again. Hebrews 12, 11 says no discipline not one seems pleasant at the time but painful man the world goes crazy if you have painful discipline you're liable to be in deep trouble with all all the governing authorities that they can come in on Mm -hmm. being crucified with christ is a painful process Mm -hmm. period um let me pull up a scripture here before i get too far because somebody's not going to believe me in this, which isn't too uncommon. First Peter one says that if we're in Jesus Christ, it says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. This isn't some abstract way of dealing with sin in life. This is real. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ suffered In his body, he felt the nails in his hands. He felt the nails in his feet. He felt the suffocation that came from dropping down and couldn't breathe, then pushing up to be able to breathe only to find pain in his feet. The slow crucifixion process, he felt that. Then you got the whippings and thorns, and I'm not going to go into all today. We'll we'll come back at this again. Mm -hmm. But it says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, the reason people don't overcome sin is they won't suffer in their body against sin. How many times people say, oh, I felt I was supposed to sexually do this or this. And I just got tired of fighting against those feelings. That's just who I am. That's who I identify. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. Because if everybody just decided to be who they are, Hitler would be Hitler. And people that want to indulge in sin just decide to do that. The only way to overcome sin in your life is to suffer in your body against the sin, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Um, So what should we do? We should arm ourselves or arm yourselves also with the same attitude. It's an attitude shift. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus and I come up to you and go, yeah, you're a disciple of Jesus. Yep. I've got my attitude straight. I'm getting ready to suffer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to let that pause for just a moment. Go up. If you're in church, you go to church and not you personally, but just anybody that might be listening. Mm hmm. Go into your church and say, okay, what's your attitude like in Jesus Christ today? Mm-hmm. Don't tell them what attitude they should, because this would be central. If, if you're picking up a cross, can you forget it? I mean, think about that. You're, you're crucified with Christ. you got nails in your hands and feet. All of a sudden, oh, I forgot I'm being crucified with Christ? Yeah, no. You know it. <laughs> Uh, you can feel it on a daily. There's days nothing's going on, but I drop in bed because I've been suffering in my body against sin, and I can be just standing in the living room. The deep conviction comes, or just waiting on God and not doing something. There, there's all kinds of sufferings in Jesus Christ, whether outward, inward, or in between. But we have to get our attitudes straight. So again, you walk in the congregation, you walk around, say, what's your attitude? You think anybody's actually going to say?" I'm ready to suffer or I'm prepared to suffer. I can't tell you that I just every day got them go, oh boy, this is great. I get to suffer again. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did was suffer against my attitude that didn't want to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, suffer against being a pouty baby or self pity or whatever it might be. The service of Christ, I it's a rich dynamic that only he can produce by the Holy Spirit. But you're not gonna overcome sin Understand this clearly: You're not going to overcome sin unless you are prepared to suffer in your body against sin, as the Holy Spirit leads and guides. Mm-hmm. Guides.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See what First Peter four one says, and we're talking Peter here, so we're talking the Apostle Peter, you know, the one that preached at Pentecost. Yep. That, that tells us how to be saved and yep. where to go. Yes. Okay, just so we know, we're talking about Correct.
1: He, he ought to know. Everybody points to him, the rock. Correct. Right. Everybody points to Peter, and this is what Peter's saying. Good point. And he says,
0: because, and that's a, that's a beautiful because, he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. I am done with a lot of sins in my life. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but... The ones that I am done with, I've suffered in my body against. Mm-hmm. Now Somebody's going to say, then you're sinless. I didn't say that. I just yeah. said I'm growing in Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm overcoming sin. Jesus said if you don't overcome, you don't get to go in. So, um, But the only way that you get there is by suffering in your body. Just let that pause for just a minute and we need to consider, are we willing to suffer? Anybody, you know, the answers quickly on that one. It's like, eh, okay, you better go back and sit down and count the costs as Jesus said in Luke 14, 25 or so.
1: I think, uh, you know, I have kids and the first word or one of the first words that any kid will pretty much learn is no. And even when you talk about discipline, I think the most or the, the, f- any discipline, you know, the, f- again, the first word is no. So even if the child doesn't understand, they understand No. Right. And I think even as Christians in Christ, there are many days that I certainly don't hear this Holy Spirit clearly, but you can still hear a No. <laughs> and and I, well, and I'm just I'm just for anybody listening like, OK, well, w- what is this discipline or, you know, one of the first words you're going to hear is no, I think. And, and you're going to hear it a lot. And I'll continue to hear it. And there's a lot of things that I don't understand or I don't know, but I can hear a no. And nobody, you know, even a little kid, they hate no. And even as Christians, no one wants to hear a no. But that's like the first baby step in discipline is first no you don't get whatever you want to do or go or whatever it is and then you have to say okay well then what does jesus want you bring a that's a
0: beautiful point there's nothing like parenthood to break make the gospel real you know we have to become as children Mm -hmm. you bring up a very good point that um in fact let's just go to it titus chapter 2 verse 11 uh says for the grace of God that brings salvation. Now, again, there's a lot of grace of God being preached, but the one that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, what does it do? Titus chapter 2, verse 12. The grace of God teaches us to say no. So when people say I've got the grace of God, really, I see a big no in your life? Mm-hmm. I don't. The only no I can say is no, I don't think so. It teaches us the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. When you walk into a church and when you look at all the news media of going on in churches, do you see a people that you go, you know, they've been taught to say no. Mm -hmm. They say no to worldly dress. They say no to activities on Sunday that would keep them from worshiping God. I remember you know, we had church at 1.30 in the afternoon on Sundays, mm-hmm. um, and that was a lovely thing from the Lord because it took up the whole day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be out watching football or doing anything else, but it also had the beautiful side of you could take your time and get ready in the morning, uh, you're not just rushing off to get church done. It was a whole day event, and so it allowed room for fellowship. People wanted to do it or they didn't belong. It was that simple. I'm not telling you that some people didn't get tired of it and leave. Yeah, that happens a lot. The point being is the grace of God teaches us say no to ungodliness. So when you walk into a congregation, you look at the dress of their children, when you look at their behavior, when you look at the music, everything, all that would involve being a holy people. Is that what we see? Now we see the church being just like the world, but trying to justify it and tack on or freeing Christ to do everything we want to do. But you bring up a good point. The first word you're teaching your kid is no, don't go running in the street. No, don't touch that. No, don't do this. No, don't do that. And it saves the child. If you just say yes to the child or ignore the child, or there has to be the quick. No, I, you know, I watch people. Well, they don't discipline more. The, the, Children's minds are just undisciplined and all over the place. They, And so they take selfies,
1: selfies on the edge of cliffs and uh, fall off. Oh, news article after news article. People literally physically dying. Correct. All because they can't say no. They can't say no. They just like want this photo. And
0: then they put themselves in dangerous situations. Well, this is a sermon in itself, but go in and we'll talk about how to begin this process, but... Uh, If you come to God as a disciple, don't be shocked that the first word you're going to hear is nope.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, as Peter talked about, the arming yourselves also with the same attitude. Well, the the, the start of the attitude is no. You're going to be told no. You have to tell yourself no. You should be telling other people no. That's the first. That's the start of it.
0: And it's a no that comes with an attitude that you're going to have to suffer with that no. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a chocolate cake is too easy example, but you chocolate cake on a piece on the table and you go, no, you can't have it. Do most people just walk away and not think about it. If you're going, especially a child, if he's not going to touch that chocolate cake, uh, he's got to wrestle with that. No, to avoid that temptation. Yeah. Um, and that's how we become little children. Jesus says, nope, can't do that. Or no, this or no, this doctrine is not correct. Or no, this thought is a correct or no. You have a correct doctrine there, but it's not by my spirit, so it has to go. So the no becomes very fine tuned. It's a dividing bone from marrow. Uh, It's called deep conviction. Mm -hmm. Okay, back at Hebrews chapter twelve, verse ten. Remember, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Here's the key in verse eleven. Later on, later on, however, produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it everybody wants the peace of christ if i started this podcast with oh you can have the peace of christ and i left out the suffering of the cross and i left out being disciplined by god i'd be hailed as a godly man Mm -hmm. but the only way that we get the peace of christ a harvest of righteousness is by what enduring the painful discipline of god by walking and carrying our cross and following Jesus. Now, Jesus says in, he's talking about the parable of the seeds. He says, by persevering, they produce a crop. Mm-hmm. This all takes perseverance. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people that have left or started following Jesus Christ have done so because they just didn't want to persevere in the pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted the peace now. They wanted the righteousness this instant. Or Really, really they just wanted whatever they're doing to be told that it's okay. Uh, they didn't really want to give it up. But it says later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those. And here's another key element have been trained by it. You can go through the painful discipline. Uh, There's a lot of children that have grown up to become, well, you know, it's easy to pick on mass murders and all that, but they can become bureaucrats that's sitting in an office somewhere, mindlessly doing their job, and people are getting all kinds of injustice as they file the paperwork. Uh, We always compare the the giant size, um, you know, mass murder, Mm -hmm. forgetting the fact that this world is made up of mostly dumb bureaucrats Mm -hmm. and individuals who just really don't care about anything but themselves. Mm It produces a harvest of righteousness peace for those who have been trained by it. So you can endure all these things for a period of time, but if you're not actually trained by it, then you're not going to gain anything about it. Mm -hmm. You can say, well, I did all this. I suffered against that. I did everything I was told, and it just never happened. It's all just a bunch of booey and lies because you were never trained by it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're stubborn children that you can do all that you want to try and get them to be live a disciplined life. You can be the most proper parent and they'll grow up and blame you for everything. And they just never were trained by that discipline. Mm -hmm. I kind of stopped there. You got anything there, Jacob? No, not really. All right. Well, let's just keep going. So what should we do? We have this suffering attitude that we have to have. We have the power of the cross that will do its work with the need for perseverance. So what should we do? Well, stop complaining. And embrace it. You know, Jesus went into the garden. He asked for the cut to be taken away. Once God said no, he said, okay, let's let's do this. And he he got up to meet his betrayer and went out and suffered on the cross. There comes a point in time, I mean, I've prayed many times, God, please let this pass and let's go a different direction here. And you know, Uh, most of my prayers have wound up being no. And I look mm-hmm. back on it and I'm so thankful. I used to always pray to God like, God, do not give me what I asked for. Don't do it. Just ignore me. Um, if I'm whining, if I'm complaining, or if I'm even asking that's not proper, do not give it to me. Ignore me. I pray against myself before I ever get there because I know I'm going to ask things that are not proper to ask. I'm just ignorant. I just don't know. And there's just too much flesh. So you begin by praying that you don't fall into temptation. That's one of the sufferings is to go into the prayer closet and pray against yourself. That's a good beginning. All right. Hebrews twelve twelve. Therefore, because you have to suffer, therefore strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. We are big babies. Another way to put this is stop being a snowflake. Stop your whining. Stop being a little crybaby. Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Now, why is he telling us to do that? Well, one, of course, is because we need to learn from the discipline. Hebrews 12, 13 goes on, make level paths for your feet. And most preaching would stop at that point. They'd go, if you want to be blessed, you should make level paths for your feet. Mm-hmm. If you want the blessing of God or you want the peace of God or the righteous, you can kind of appeal to the selfish motive in everybody to pick up a cross for a while. It won't last long, but you can do it or it'll go fully astray. I mean, you'll have a church go down to the greatest apostasies because, well, they picked up all the suffering, but it was still according to their plan. It wasn't really by following the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The reason why the writer Hebrews is telling us to make level paths for our feet is so that we can love other people. Mm-hmm. Watch what he says, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. There are so many days, especially in my beginning walk with God, and when I say that, I mean the first 30 years, I didn't feel like preaching. Mm -hmm. In the very, very, very beginning, the first few years, God was coming in heavy with deep conviction, putting my life under all kinds of turmoils, inside, outside, all kinds of weaknesses. Um, and he would come along and he'd say, stop being a big baby so that other people can be healed. Meaning that I may be going through a lot of stuff, but God has me put before somebody else's life to love them. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the ways love builds up. I'm not sitting there. Oh, I'm going through all kinds of things. Pray for me, brother. Oh, this is rough. I used to say in sermons, you know, if this is good news, I'm not telling anybody else. That's how deep the conviction was. Once I was trained by it, I'm going, oh, This is good news. This is great. Sin is being dealt with. It is dying. Then I passed on to wanting it more and more. Eventually there is a harvest of righteousness. But the reason God wants us to stop being babies and to grumble and to complain against well, a pastor who might be preaching a message that has a wrong attitude, or he's not coming in with the the correct little pronouns everybody likes to hear. And he's not just baby stepping them is so that other people can be healed. We're not grumbling and complaining. We're suffering. Look, I'm off on a tangent, but we're American Christians. There isn't anything going on that any Christian in America can say it's so far overboard that it's too much. Yeah. I mean, the Hebrew, writer Hebrews will say you haven't even wrestled against him to the point of shedding blood. So he doesn't write it this way, but shut up, mm-hmm. strengthen your flame or strengthen yourself so that other people are made and made well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got worked up. You can tell. Yeah. All right. Hebrews twelve fourteen says, since we know this, since we know we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, since the grace of God teaches us to say No. Since this is a doing gospel, since true belief has to do with actually being obedient, since we know God only gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey Him, what where are we to do? In verse 14, make every effort. You know, people, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, how about making every effort? Mm-hmm. You know, how about getting a proper attitude? There is so if the people get busy doing this, a lot of sins would just fall to the wayside because they wouldn't have time. Yeah. And we'd be able to live a life of love. Mm-hmm. Make every effort to live in peace with all men. Now, this isn't some uh, mamby pamby kind of peace where, you know, we just walk around Christians be these meek, mild little uh, mice mm-hmm. because you have to add in holiness to be at peace with all men and to be holy. The kind of peace that God is talking about is that our lives should be speaking and communicating that we're living a holy life. Mm-hmm. I can walk into any number of churches, I can tell by their dress they don't live a holy life. I can tell by the music they play they don't live a holy life. There's nothing they do that's holy, nothing that is actually separate. If I asked them to explain to me what is holiness, how is it lived out, no, I just have objections sent to me about being legalistic or something. Sure, but, but God is clear. Without holiness, no one, no one will see the Lord. And here we get to the power of the cross because we're making every effort. And that's a busy day right now if yes. you said, okay. I'm going to be at peace with all men, with all men, everything, but only within the context of holiness. So I got to first strive and get up to be holy today. Okay, Lord, show me how to be holy. Well, you got to have an attitude straight because that's going to come by the cross. That's going to come against suffering and get sin. So I, without the threat of I, no one will see the Lord with that holiness, we're just talking about loving other people. Mm-hmm. So it's a peace. Well, look at verse 15. So not only are you doing that, Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it. Now we're back to actually doing something. We're actually back to being obedient. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. Well, if you believe in one saved, always saved, this doesn't even exist. Yeah. Uh, See to it that no one misses the grace of God. By the way, I know some churches don't even believe in one saved, always saved, but they sure live like it. They might as well just be honest about it. Mm -hmm. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That's a full-time job in a church that's pursuing holiness. Uh, I can testify to that when I've seen bitter roots destroy congregations left and right, mm-hmm. uh, it's in the news, even here in Washington state. Um, so they miss the grace of God. What, a, what, a, what a life of love that is in a church where you show up to church and you go, I'm going to make sure nobody in this congregation, and this is regular people, not just leadership, yeah. misses the grace of God. How many people even know what that means? Mm-hmm. Um, and that no bitter root grows up. That's a full-time, uh, you know, I hate calling these things labor because they're a labor of love. I don't want anybody missing the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And bitter roots are defiling. It's not a question of having to do something you want as a father you want peace in your household you want you want certain rules that produce a, a loving environment a safe environment a disciplined these, these environment are, these are all good things yes um it's just when you're refusing to strengthen you know when you're a snowflake that's like yeah, you know, i don't want to do this because it's work well whatever go away all right we still got more to do and i'll have to eventually stop here hebrews 12 16 says okay see we got another c I mean, we're only into a few scriptures. Look how much there is to yes. do. See that no one is sexually immoral. Well, now there's a busy piece of work in a yes. church. Yep. Um, all right. So I go visit a church, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go and I'm just going to obey this scripture. Mm-hmm. So I'm fellowshipping with people and I go up to people that aren't dressed appropriately. What do you, what kind of reaction do you think? I'm gonna? And, and that's just that one scripture. Mm hmm. Um, whether it be hair or dress or whatever we've done in, and I know what people are thinking are a bunch of rules eh, please spare me your whining. I know what modesty is in the Lord without being some overdrawn legalistic kind of covering thing. The point here is not your whining, grumbling, whatever, like nobody can live this. My point is if I go in to actually live this. And make sure that no one is sexually immoral. I I've, I got to define what that is. Number one, um, I'm going to be ran out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not embraced as like, well, thank you for the judgment and thank you for bringing that to my attention and thank you that you're right. I shouldn't wear this or do that.
1: Well, to, yeah, to obey this scripture, it there will be rules. There would be do's and don'ts. There would be the discipline and the structure to live this scripture, but no one wants discipline rules, you know, because you know, then as soon as you say one thing, yeah, you're legalistic, you're, di- and you're like, no, I'm trying to obey the scripture. I'm trying to protect other people, and then yeah.
0: Yeah, and just to clarify, the, there's a, the rules are as free as possible,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then from there, you fine-tune it. For example, the church you've been a part of that I've been a part of, we had an understanding of what you wear this, and you don't wear that, but they were, how can I say this? The, the weakest of possible rules, possible rules. Am I saying that correctly?
1: Uh, what do you mean by that?
0: Well, nobody had to wear black shirts buttoned all the way to the top. Oh, sure. We, yeah. No, there, we, was, we didn't there was not a
1: dress code. Correct. But well, I think the, one of the easiest things, and I think you mentioned before, but everyone's dressing like the world. So the easiest, you know, if you wanna have like a rule of thumb, it's, well, don't dress like the world, but Christians are. So that's the, you know, that's the easiest thing to say is like, well, how is the world dressing? Okay, not dress like that. And then, okay, well then how should we dress?
0: And and what happens really with that is if you've got a congregation that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, the r- rules aren't really rules. You don't notice Correct. them as rules.
1: No, they're not rules. I,
0: I know what you're saying. There were, there was a line. That's really yeah. what you're saying. You cross that line, you're going to get my attention. Yeah. There was fine tuning there. People might dress modestly in a certain way and then eh, they're fudging a little bit over here. Well, I knew that if they continue to fudge then so no so-and-so over here is going to fudge and then pretty soon it is out of control and you've got problems Mm -hmm. so there there was guidelines there was a line um but there was a lot of freedom within that line in fact the line itself was freedom just in your own household you can wear this there's a whole group of things you can wear and do sure it just has to be modest so the rule is be modest Mm -hmm. um but again, everybody wants to debate whether they obey. It's like scripture says men are supposed to have short hair, women are supposed to have long. Oh, man. Well, how do you know what's long? Which what short? Three inches, six inches, this. What if they have curly hair? What if you're over here? It's like, okay, people, you know what? Come back to me when you hunger and thirst for it. Actually, just obey it. Then we can talk about how to obey it. But everybody wants to, like, no, that was for back then. It doesn't even apply. Yeah. All right. Who is godless like Esau? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, see to it that no one is sexually immoral or godless now, if we walked within a congregation if i if I said and we're saying congregation it could be individuals like explain to me what being godless looks like you you have to understand what being godly is like mm-hmm. in order to deal with somebody being godless mm-hmm. now what does he compare it to? He compares it to a meal who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the eldest son, oldest son. You have to be able to look deep within. And we're talking a meal. So you sit down on a potluck dinner at church and somebody's being godless in that eating. Now that takes some real guidance by the Holy Spirit, but we're called to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying it's being done. I, I'm just letting you know that we're supposed to do it. So how many potlucks are, like, worthless? They're just godless things. Everybody's getting together. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't have potlucks. They just shouldn't be godless. Uh, But nothing's really being done uh i know in the state of washington there was a case where the prosecuting or not prosecuting attorney attorney general went after a grandmother you know the great legal eagles that are going on there they attack grandmothers and i'm, I'm getting up to that age too they'll, they'll probably want to hone in on me mm-hmm. since i'm getting up there being the strong character individuals they are because she wouldn't arrange flowers for a gay couple that were getting
1: married so this was in Oregon, right no, this is actually oh, okay, in Washington. Yeah. Okay, Washington state. Okay. It was
0: going on at the same time. There yeah, was a kind of a fad ones. among yeah. godless um, prosecutors and attorney generals to go after the weakest element. So fortunately for him, the, the Baptists in this state are godless in their potlucks. I, I can't believe nobody has, in an organized way and fashion is actually confronting him with the gospel. Uh, it just kind of died out they let the lawyers handle and that was it Mm -hmm. i don't have time to go into that for a lot of detail but that's a godless example that i'm talking about they're they're just busy eating their meals without any real action and guidance from the holy spirit what could i expect it's not the full gospel message so hearing from the holy spirit on what to do just is not part of the program Mm
1: The Consider Podcast assumes the listener has accepted the full gospel message. Individual application of discussed materials is the sole responsibility of the listener. Nothing should be understood to be legal, financial, or life advice. The listener assumes full responsibility for being offended and should confess pride is sin. The views expressed by the hosts are weak attempts to express opinions from God's righteousness. In order to not be a fool, the listener has an obligation to bend the knees and seek the living God for the truth. Remember Proverbs 18.2. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. The Consider Podcast. Today's events. Tomorrow's reality at www.consider.info
2: This has been the Consider Podcast at www.consider.info where yesterday's folly is today's madness In the beginning the unrepentant sinner's words are folly At the end they are wicked madness Ecclesiastes 10.13 Judgment begins with the house of God Therefore, let everyone who loves the Lord with an undying love pick up their cross and walk the talk. As Peter the Apostle wrote, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. 1 Peter 1.13.14 The Consider Podcast, examining today's events and tomorrow's realities. www.consider.info